0: Welcome and thanks for joining us for this week's encouraging and faith building message from C3 Topol. For more information about C3 Topol, visit our website c3churchtopol.org.nz. Now for this week's message. And you know, we're on this uh, topic right now called Body Unite. And we're the greatest thing, and if you're watching online, welcome. The greatest thing you can do is just Get a yes in your spirit, not a cross your arms and we'll we'll wait and see. Well, if you wait and see, you won't see anything because the promises come to those who have a yes in their spirit. Every promise is yes and amen in Christ Jesus, but the yes of agreement is spoken through you. So when someone's prophesying, when someone's declaring, when someone's exhorting and elevating the name of Jesus Christ, the greatest thing you can do is say amen. I agree. I partner with it. I'm behind it. I'm for it. Agreement is everything. Agreement. Unless two people agree to walk together, it's impossible. Where two or more gathered in my name, And agree, the miraculous is there. Stop being so judgmental. Stop being so cynical. Be positive. Be expectant. Be hope-filled. Now may the God of hope fill you with hope. This is scripture. Like this rising tide of expectancy in us. That whenever we're gathered together, whether it's in a connect group or the midweek service or on a Sunday morning, the miraculous is present. Because faith brings it in. It opens the door. It puts out the welcome mat for Jesus. It sets the table for Jesus. You know, it's like Jesus is not an unexpected guest. He said he will turn up. It's not like you're sitting at home and... Oh no, we've got a visitor. it's Jesus, and we're scrambling and cooking and there's noodles going in the microwave and you know you' you're ushering the kids somewhere and you know you everything's going in the closet you know we every every time two or more of us are gathered under his name, he is there. we can expect his presence. so as we go through this this series body unite, whether you're If you're at home, you should be in church unless you really, really can't be. There's something sacred about the ecclesia, the gathering of the believers. You know, if you're really sick, stay at home. But if you're not, be in church. Show your children. The generation won't pick up what you put down. Our children, if we put down church, if we put down faith, if we put down zeal, if we put down expectancy, if we put down praying and believing, your children will not pick it up. But if you carry it, they will carry a double portion. But if you put it down, you're telling them this is of not of value. This is a, this is a hobby. This is a sideline activity. What you put down, don't expect your children to pick it up. Don't you grow lukewarm and expect your children to grow fired up. It won't happen. It won't happen. Don't grow lukewarm and think, well, when my kids go through youth group, they'll get set on fire. If the dominant environment that you grow something in, well, the dominant environment you grow something in is what that thing will become. And if you're raising your children in a lukewarm home with lukewarm faith and, and lukewarm approach to church and lukewarm approach to the things of God, don't expect your children to carry it with a greater zeal than you did. Bar a mover God, and I'm not going to rely on a mover God to lead my family. That's your job. You be the mover God in your family. You're the mover God, husband. You are the mover God in your family, not your pastor. Not your friend, and you need great friends and you need great pastors, but you're the move of God your wife needs. You're the move of God your family needs, your marriage needs. You set the temperature, you're like the barometer. Is it going to get stormy or is it going to get sunny? Or is it just going to stay cloudy? Well, this isn't this morning's message, but it's part of it. we we got to, this body unite is so important. As we head into 2021, telling the church is getting out of bed. It's awake, but it's rising up, and it's getting out of bed, and it's going to march across the face of the earth like it never has before. And it's fired up people that get out of bed. A little sleep, a little slumber, and poverty overtakes a man. Poverty overtakes our faith. A little sleep, a little slumber, a little next weekend or next conference or next year. Tomorrow, May, it's the most painful day ever, because it never comes, and yesterday has been. Anyway, Ephesians 3 says that the church is the manifold wisdom of God, that through the church, He is doing something miraculous on earth and in your life that is showing the world a part of who He is, and it's showing Him His wisdom, that God can take people that are enemies and make them friends. That God can take people that are against one another, in religion, in culture, in colour, in language. And that through Christ Jesus, He can make a diverse people, one people. Yet in the process, they can maintain their singularity. That God's, God's wisdom in the church is not that everyone becomes the same, It's that everyone becomes the best version of themselves with the encouragement, the edification and the celebration of the people around them. That in the church, the wisdom of God is like, it is like the stone that the blade goes on to get that edge put on it. It is like the artwork that is covered in dust and someone else comes along and with a bit of encouragement. With a bit of praise, with a bit of edification, with a bit of prophecy, the dust is is removed. And some people have got a lifetime of dust sitting on them. And the beauty is is hidden by, and it's shrouded by dust of disappointment and despair and discouragement. And God says in, in Ephesians 3 that the church, as we gather together, as the body unites, as we intentionally gather We are showing the world a part of God that if we didn't do it, they would not see. And it's the wisdom of God. This is God's wisdom. You may think it's crazy, but the Bible says that. That God's wisdom is foolishness to men. And the wisdom of men is foolishness to God. The wisdom of man says, if you're sick, go to the doctor, take medicine. Nothing wrong with it, but the wisdom of God says if anyone is sick, may it call the elders to their house. Let them anoint them with oil and pray for them, and the prayer offered up in faith will make the sick person well. See the world; it, it is it is counter to what the world would say. Find the people that are exactly like you and hang out with them, but the the the. The gospel is find everyone from everywhere and bring them together under Christ Jesus and you will see the wisdom of God enemies becoming friends. This is the wisdom of God that we would be united together. And the spirit of togetherness says our, our collective oneness is more important than my than my. my singular individualness that togetherness is paramount to us being together is more important than and and finding the things that draw us together is more important than focusing on the things that could potentially drive us apart and the spirit of togetherness says I'm going to find more reasons to gather than I can reasons to not because you will always find a reason not to gather But the spirit of togetherness says this is of so much importance to Jesus that He died for it. It must be of importance to me. That I'm going to find a reason to get to church. I'm going to find a reason to gather. I'm going to find a reason to belong in the body of Christ because it is the best thing for me and for my family. And like Sarah said, for the generations to come. Maybe there's a bigger plan at work. That's what the spirit of togetherness says. Maybe, maybe it is more important than my immediate needs being met. Maybe it's more important than my individual destiny being outworked. The spirit of together says, maybe there's a bigger work at play called redemption of humanity. That's a big play. Jesus is throwing it down strong on the cross. Maybe God is wanting to set us up, but it's our attitude that's letting us down. He is trying to work all things out for your good, but your attitude's working everything out for your bad. And we we need to set our attitude northward, as in heavenward. Why are you downcast, O my soul? Put your hope in God. Lift it up. Surely I will praise Him. Surely God will be with me, even though I. Sit in darkness, the Lord will be my light. Even though my enemies gloat over me, surely I will rise. We set our attitude to heaven, and it pulls us that way. It's like riding a bicycle. If you look down, you'll eventually meet it. Same with anything like that, a bike, a skateboard, or a snowboard, you go where your gaze is set. So you know that. With a car, you drive. You, you you happen to do this, you go like this. Oh. And you, you drive and you look out the window and you're, the car follow and your life follows your gaze. And our gaze has got to be set northward. Our spirit set on Christ Jesus. We have got to be set on the church and and building and and continuing to grow and, and celebrate and partner with that which Christ established many, many years ago. But revival has never stopped in the earth. The church has never stopped growing. The church has never stopped advancing ever since Christ said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. The church has not stopped. We need to stop waiting for revival and realize we're living in it. Sure, there may be a greater measure or a greater outpouring, but we are in revival because the church, facing the many obstacles that it has, the latest COVID-19, it has not stopped. You cannot stop a move of God. It is impossible. And as we gather together, as the body unites, we are uniting in faith and in agreement with that which God began. He will finish. That good work that God started in your life, He will complete. And the plan that God has for the church, it is going to get to where God desires it to be. And His invitation to each and every one of us is to unite together under Christ Jesus to achieve all that He has set before us. And we can achieve far more collectively than we can individually. Like rather than pushing our own barrow, let's just push the barrow of Jesus Christ. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. You can have 100% assurance when you're seeking the will and the purpose of God and Christ Jesus. He is looking after you. You will not get overlooked. You will not get let down. And you don't have to trust in the work of your own hands to provide you all the desires of your heart. He said, seek first my kingdom and my righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. We use our praise to bring a new day. Our praise brings in a new day. We choose to stop moaning. The body united chooses to stop moaning, to stop grumbling, to stop complaining, to stop comparing and criticizing. Let Jesus be the judge. He's far better at it than you are because He has a pure heart, pure motive, And moaning and grumbling and grizzling and complaining, it's the language of a victim. And Romans 8.37 says that we're more than conquerors in Jesus, in Christ Jesus. We're not victims. We are more than conquerors. So start talking like one and start behaving like one. Sure, you may be facing some trials. Sure, you're going to be facing some difficulties. Life is going to be fraught with them. Jesus Christ, in fact, promised it. But you're called not to endure it. You're called to enjoy it. Stop enduring it and start enjoying it. Consider it pure joy, my friends, when you face trials of every kind. Consider it pure joy. He didn't say grit your teeth and bear it. She said, enjoy it. Why? Because there's, there's purpose in the process. There's purpose in the pain. There's purpose in the, in the breaking that you may feel like is going on around your life. But the Bible says, enjoy it. Don't just endure it. Get a this is good for me spirit. My God, like get, you need to get way more Bible in you than anything else. This puts the lead keel on the bottom of your spiritual sailboat. So when you're going through the fire, you know, you know, and you tell yourself, my God works out all things for the good of those who love Him. My God said, consider it pure joy when you face trials of many kinds, because He's doing a work in you, and the work must be brought to completion. So don't opt out, opt in. Don't bail out. Pick up the bucket and, and put your hands on the pump or shoulder the, the burden. Because God, together, as we unite together, God is doing something miraculous. The wisdom of God is being shown when, when people would say, how can this work? Well, it shouldn't, but God makes it work but by the grace of God and but by the wisdom of God and but by the wonderful unseen Holy Spirit that binds us together in the bonds of peace. His body grows and is united and fulfills all that God has set forth for it to achieve and you are an integral part of it. Don't you ever discount yourself. Your voice, your amen, your service, your attendance, your body filling that seat, It is an integral part of the body of Jesus Christ. Do not believe the lie that your place is insignificant. And I'll finish with this. As the Apostle Paul said, Who is one part to say to another, We don't need you? You say to the mouth, Shut up, we don't need you. Stop talking so much. Every part is needed. Your part is vital. It's like a jigsaw puzzle. You can't say you don't need a piece because it simply is not complete without every piece. And Body Unite is about this, us coming together to bring into fullness, into fruition the completeness of what God has for His church, for His body, and for humanity. And you here this morning are an integral part of it. Whether you've been in church You know, all your life, or whether today is your very first Sunday, you are an integral piece of the body. Believe it. Thank you for joining us for this week's podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. Have a blessed week.